0: Hi everyone, welcome to another preach by myself, Dave Hull. Um, we wish you and pray that you're that you're blessed and this this preach finds you well and healthy. Um, I hope you enjoyed the summer. It's been quite a lot of rain, hasn't it? But uh, at least, um, hopefully, some of you managed to get away and have a holiday, or at least get get some time with the family. Um, as for me and Tracy, we have been uh, busy trying to get ourselves ready to go to Bible College. I assume that most of you by now will know that Tracy and I are um, closing the ministry, the Good News Club ministries down, um, and we're heading off to Bible College in Colorado, America, um, because we believe and we've heard the call of the Lord to uh, go and study the Word and to go deeper with Him and really to prepare ourselves for the next thing that he has for us the next part of our lives and so i want to spend a bit of time today just um talking about things that i have learned uh, that we have learned um over the last 15 years of ministry uh, it's a, it sounds a lot when i say it like that but it seems to have gone so by so quickly but it is actually 15 years 2002 tracy and i began to minister uh, here in Carnarvon, together um, as, a, as a couple, uh, we began to run the Good News Club and um, do other bits of ministry here in Carnarvon to minister the gospel to the children and the young people in this area. And really, that's what I'd like to share with you today, if that's okay. I'd like to share some of our story um, some of, and, and share with you some of the things that we have learnt through a portion of scripture, which I believe is one of the greatest stories in the Bible. Um, The the story of the the Samaritan woman at the well with Jesus. Um, And I want to just talk about that and out of that, draw some lessons that that we have learned and have been our experience over the years here in Carnarvon. Uh, So I'm really excited about the Word of God for today. Um, And so let's just pray and let's get into the Word. Um, and let 's see what the Lord is going to say to us today. Amen, Lord Jesus. We thank you for uh, your word. we thank you for your work in our lives and your work through us Lord. We thank you that you're you 're determined and you 're committed to working in us and changing us and making us become more like you, but also you're committed to using us and enabling us to be people that reach out to the lost and are a witness and we're a light in this dark world. So I pray, Lord, that we would learn today more about your intentions and your will for our lives um, as we seek to serve you and to see your kingdom come in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. And so... Yeah, amen. So it's it's been an, an amazing journey for us and like I said at the start there, um, we are definitely at the end of this journey. Uh, this journey here in Carnarvon has come to an end for us and we're beginning a new one. Um, and we have no doubt in our hearts and in our minds that the Lord has spoken to us to go to Bible college. And so um, really we're at a point now where we're looking back over the last 15 years and we're saying, wow, god haven 't you done an ama- amazing things um, and we 're handing things over and um, it 's been it 's been great in many ways to see to hand things over to the next generation of people that have come up we 've um, managed to find people to take over some of the clubs and that 's really exciting but also it 's been quite sad to to say goodbye to things to let things go and in many ways it 's been very difficult for us as well so we 're on a in, on a journey. Um, like I say, we're at the end of this journey. We're about to begin a new one. And I want to draw some lessons out of this whole experience that we've had over the last 15 years, if I can, uh, in this short time that I have with you today. So if we, if you'd like to turn, if you've got your Bibles, just turn to John 4 verses 1 to 38. And um, I'm not going to read the whole section because it's it's a story, I think, it's a long section, and it's a story I think most of us should be familiar with. So I'll just paraphrase the story, and then we'll we'll get into it in more detail later. So obviously Jesus is um, he's in in Galilee, and he's on his way to Judea, uh, but he wants he said, the Bible says that he needs to go through Samaria to uh, a town in Samaria. So he he goes via this town, and when he arrives there, he goes to this place where Jacob's well is and um the disciples go off to get some food, and he sits there um but he um but as he sat there a woman um it's 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 midday it's in the heat of the day uh, a woman comes to draw some water and he gets into a conversation with her um whereby um he says he offers her living water he said, you know he says, if you drink this water that I have, you'll never thirst again." Um, and she asks him where she can find this water, and he says, you know, um, that it's in me, I, because I am the Messiah, and and he tells her things about her life, and he describes, he says that she's um, not just had one husband, but she's had several, and um, you know, she's she's been ashamed of the things that have happened in her life, but but the good news is that he he's the Messiah, and he's here to offer her this living water, and so she. Um she she runs off and tells the village all about the person who she's just met, who could be the Messiah, who could be Jesus, um Christ Himself, and of course he is. Um and then in the in the meantime the disciples return home with supplies and they're questioning the whole thing and wondering what's going on. And um then he says he says to them, I tell you, you say four more months until the harvest, but I say look. Lift up your eyes and look at the fields; they are white unto harvest. Um, and that's that famous portion of scripture that he quotes um, in that moment. And so, and so then you know that all these people come and they're they're saved, and um, the whole town is sort of converted, and they want him to stay, and he he stays a few days and does some great stuff amongst them, but then he eventually he leaves, and so. <clears throat> It's a great story, it's an awesome part, portion of scripture which I'm sure most of us are familiar with, and I believe it holds keys to being ministers of the gospel, and that's really what I want to talk about. Paul talks about this in Romans 15, 16, not about this story, but about the concept of being a minister of the gospel. He says, I am a minister of this gospel of grace to which I have been called for, to preach the good news to the Gentiles. and um, and I believe that 's a calling upon each of our lives that we are to be people who minister administer to that that present and hand out and um, steward this this good news that we have been given the gospel, which means good news the the good news that Jesus Christ came and and he he became came as a man that he died as a man for our sins, and that we that he rose again as a man, and that through him. We can have eternal life, and we can come to know the Father, and we can we can um, have an abundance of life. And so, you know, this this good news is worth sharing with people. It's a, it's a, it's it's a life changing message that we've been given. And so we're supposed to be ministers of, of this, and Tracy and I have done our best to. To Minister this good news through um, to the children of Carnarvon and beyond um, for many years now and um, <clears throat> and it 's a job that that, that is isn 't straightforward you know it sounds simple. just tell people about jesus, but in this in this world in which we live in, we find ourselves f- uh, constantly coming up against opposition and constantly having to overcome obstacles and of course we know that we have a we have have an adversary, we have an enemy out there who's seeking to pull us down as well. So it's 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 by no means a smooth journey, it's a fight, but it's a fight that we're 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 in to win. It's a fight that if we just keep on going, we'll win because our enemy is defeated, amen? He's a defeated foe. And all we've got to do is keep on moving, keep on putting one foot in front of the other and we will see the results. We will see things happen. We will see the glory of God come in this place, amen, and in our lives. So the first thing that I see here in this portion of scripture, is that Jesus was listening and following the Holy Spirit. Jesus was listening and following the Holy Spirit. And because, you know, he, he didn't have to go to Samaria. You know, it's a detour. All right. If you look at your map, it's, it's it's not a massive detour but it's a slight detour out of the way. It's like it's not a direct route, yeah. You don't have to go that way. In fact, generally people don't go that way because they were they were Jews and these were Samaritans and you know, they don't like to mix. They like to stay away from each other. But Jesus chose to go that way because he. The Bible says he had to go that way. Why did he have to go that way? Because he felt compelled to go that way by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was leading him to that place. So he was listening to the Holy Spirit. He was, he was, he was aware that the Holy Spirit was leading him to go to Samaria. Why? To speak to this woman, um, <clears throat> so that he could he could lead her to the Lord. Because there was a there was a Great salvation to have here. There was a great harvest to have here. So he led. He he was led by the Holy Spirit, and that's that's the first thing we need to understand. That if we're going to be effective ministers of the gospel, if we're going to be people that um, that preach this good news to 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 the lost and dying world, then we've got to do it with the help of the Holy Spirit in 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 the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, in um, in Acts verse 1, it says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and sh- you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 and 5, he says, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words, but... W- or of sorry not with persuasive words of human wisdom but in a demonstration of the spirit and of the power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. And Jesus here you know he he gives us a masterclass in in moving in the holy spirit. You know he 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 arrives at this place that he's clearly been led to by the Holy Spirit, and then he begins to move and 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 um, live. Sorry, and work in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is not. um, This is this is a masterclass. This is the Lord Himself showing us how we can we can witness to people through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and just before I get into the different things that the Lord does here, I just want to say that, you know, I remember Tracy and I, we had to be people that listened to the Holy Spirit in our walk and in our journey with the Lord. And so, and, I, and I will say that th- as I share t- today with you some of the stuff that I've learned, I have made every single mistake that there is going. You know, we have, particularly myself, I, have, I am not a... I wouldn't call myself a quick learner. <laughs> I wouldn't call myself somebody who's learnt the easy way. I would say, on contrary, I've learnt the hard way. And I've made every mistake going. Um, but sometimes we got it right. Sometimes there were things that we, we, that we just did that were, were the, by the grace of God, they were the right thing to do. And, and I remember in particular just hearing the call of God to, to do the Good News Club you know, we we just heard the call of God in our lives, and we listen to the Holy Spirit. and And I want to just challenge us right now. Before we before we go any further, are we people that listen to the Lord? Are we people that um, have have given our lives to Him in such a way that we'll be we'll be led by Him and we'll go where He wants us to go? We'll do the things He asks us to do. When Tracy and I considered. Um, Taking over this club in um, Carnarvon it was you know it, it was it wasn't a, a straightforward thing because we knew that actually this was going to mean sacrifice this was going to mean um, re- a reorder of our priorities this was going to mean that um, we may we we may have to do things differently. And we had to take all these things into consideration, um, but, but what we felt was we heard the word of the Lord. And, and I think that we have, for the most part of our, in our lives, we've done our best and we've tried to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I remember a time as well when Trace was um, trying to help someone that we... That uh, we know well and has become a big part of our lives, back then she was having a really difficult time and um, she needed she needed someone to help her and um, she was she was at the end of end of her tether she was the end of of everything, she did. She felt she couldn't go on any further, and and Trace was was out looking for her because she felt like this this person might do something that that to hurt herself, or she might do something that would would mean that she wouldn't be with us any longer. So Trace was was doing her best, and she was asking God, "Where is this person? Where is this person? Where is she? Where is she?" And God led her straight. God led Tracy straight to the place where this person was, and J- Tracy got there just in time. She got there just in time before. before before anything bad happened before before this girl did something that she wouldn't she wouldn't be able to turn back you know tracy was led by the by the spirit of god to save this girl and to help this girl and now this girl is going on this woman is going on and she's a great person great woman of god and we're, we're we're you know we're witnesses and 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 um We're participants of what the Lord is doing through us and be leading us by His Holy Spirit. Amen. So if we are willing to listen to the Holy Spirit, He will will lead us to the places and lead us into things that will enable us to be effective ministers of the gospel. Are we people that listen to Him? Are we people that do what He's asking us to do? And as I said before, You know, not only do we need to um, listen to him, but we need to be filled with him and we need to have his power working through us, in us and through us. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the he's the Lord of the harvest and he is he is the power that enable us to be witnesses, as I just said in Acts one, verse eight, you know, and we just can't we can't reduce the gospel to to just good works. You know, we just we can't allow that to happen, um, you know. And in all that we've done in Good News Club, we've, I've, I've wrestled with this concept over and over again that Good News Club isn't just a social work. Yeah, it's not just a, a kids club, but it's, it's a, a vehicle through which the power of God can move. It's a vehicle through which the gospel can be pronounced, the, proclaimed, in power. Yeah, and we haven't always. Again, I'll be honest with you. We haven't always managed that. You know, at times it's just felt like a kids club. At times it's even felt like a a babysitting service. And we've tried not to allow it to be that. We've tried to allow it. We wanted to make it dynamic, and we've wanted to make it um, relevant, and we've wanted to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to to work through it. But it's not always easy to to create that because it's so easy. It's so easy to fall into the trap of just becoming a good work, of just becoming the next the next um, good thing that we might want to do. And you know, I, I love all the, the initiatives that have sprung up within the church over the last few years, like um, Cap and Food Bank and um, other count Marriage Alpha and Alpha and all those things, but. You know, like whatever the, whatever those initiatives do, wherever those initiatives are doing, they've got to. We've got to be sure that as we use them as vehicles through which to preach the gospel, that we're we're allowing the Holy Spirit to bring His power and His anointing and His 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 dynamite. That's what that's what um, the power the word power means. His His explosive power, transforming power, in. To those situations, because we can't just be we can't just be a good social work. You know that isn't that isn't the answer for people. People need the power of God. People need the real deal. They need Jesus in their lives. Um, before they can find any sort of um, abundance in life or any sort of change in their life, they need to know Jesus, and that comes through the revelation and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so Jesus does this, he flows and he moves in the Holy Spirit and so we see several things happening here as he as he ministers to this woman. The first thing we see happening is that he has a word of knowledge, yeah? So he knows that um, this woman has had several husbands and that the person she's with now isn't a husband either. So he knows something, he has a word of knowledge. Now... We, we sort of push that off and say, oh, well, that's because he's Jesus. But, you know, it's the same power that was at work with him that raised Christ from the dead that now works within us. Amen. So we, can, we have this too. We have this power as, that he had available to him. We have it available to us. You know, and that's one of the gifts of the spirit. A word of the knowledge is a gift of the spirit. Yeah, it's a gift. It's something that we should have in our lives. A, word, a We should be able to operate. And our word of knowledge is just such a powerful gift, isn't it? I can see that, you're, um, that you, you've had several husbands. I, I, I know you've had several husbands. How do you know that? You don't know anything about me. You've never met me before. How do you know this? You know, it op- and all of a sudden it opens the door, doesn't it, to, 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 to anything. Anything is possible. Now this person's heart has been opened and they've been exposed and they know you're not doing it in condemnation. They know that it comes out of a heart of love and so they want to know more. The word of knowledge is an awesome gift and Jesus moves in this, in this gift here in this moment and he shows us how to, how to be effective ministers of the gospel by using the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then he speaks the truth to her. Yeah. And he's bold to her. He's bold with the truth. He doesn't hold back. He doesn't shrink back. He's, you know, he says, I have water. I have I have something within me, that living water that you will want. You're going to want it. You're going to need it. And he declares boldly the truth. And that's another gift of the Holy Spirit that um, we, we would be able to declare with boldness the truth. He says, don't worry about what you will say when you're brought in front of men, for I'll, I'll give you the words and you will, you will declare boldly the truth of the gospel, of the, tr- the truth of the word of God. And so we're, we're, we can be emboldened by the Holy Spirit to speak the truth. And Jesus is emboldened here. He's, um, you know, he just doesn't, doesn't hold back from the truth he tells her. I've got living water. You can have it. You can drink it. And sometimes we can be scared and shy, can't we, of, te- of speaking the truth. And for Tracy and I, we, we've been in that place where we've been, you know, unsure of whether to... Uh, probably me more than Trace. <laughs> She's not one for being shy uh, with the truth. But, um, but, you know, we've been... <laughs> had reason to hold back from speaking the truth out and telling people um, that God loves them, that he died for them, you know. Um, but I, actually, I believe that we have, in this in this particular area, we, we've managed to, to find a way to speak the truth, but in love and speak the truth um, in a way that people will receive it. Because that's important as well, isn't it? You know, just screaming your head off on the middle of a street doesn't really reach anyone it's just like you're a clanging gong you know that's what the bible says if if you do all these things and you have not love then you it profits you nothing and you are like a clanging cymbal just going around making a lot of noise and we're not called to make a lot of noise we're called to to present the gospel with power with anointing and with um with with relevancy with in a way that people can receive amen um and so and so I think that uh, we have seen that in Good News Club and in the, the work that we've done. And I and I think back to all the different uh, ways that we've tried to, to teach children about Jesus using something called the four points. And. Uh, which is, I don't know if you know the four points, but if you don't, then you you need to, you need to know them because they're brilliant, they're a great way to teach the gospel. The four points are, are you ready? God loves me, I have sinned, Jesus died for me, I need to decide to live for God. And um, that's a great way, they've got symbols, each one has a symbol which the children learn. That's a great way to communicate the gospel to children and to young people. And we did a little rap to it um, and then there was a website that did a, a whole different sort of side to it where they had a, their own song and their own sort of literature and it was great. But what I'm trying to say is that whatever we do, in whatever, we're, whatever sphere we're in, whether it's be at work, at home, in school, in um, social services, in hospitals, in public services, whatever we're in, we need to be people that just proclaim the gospel, speak with boldness, in in with sensitivity and relativity, not not speaking out of turn or um, you know without without love, but but boldly in 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 the power of the Holy Spirit, Amen. And then finally, Jesus here, and just in terms of his his um, moving in the Holy Spirit here, he has I believe he has a gift of discernment. And he discerns that this woman is ready to to hear the truth. I know I've said that he speaks the truth, but no, but he goes one step further, and he 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 pretty much leads her to the knowledge of who he is. Because you see, Jesus, you know, s- salvation in the sense of um, receiving the forgiveness of their sins wasn't available at that point because he hadn't died on the cross. But he reveals himself to. Uh, this woman, he 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 says he says here I am the Christ, I am the Messiah, I am the one that you've been seeking that the the prophets talk about, and so um, he he tells her this the truth about who he is, and that is as good or as close to salvation as they could get in those days. So Jesus, he has I believe a discerning spirit there. He he discerns what the right time to lead this woman to uh, salvation and and to reveal um, who he is to her um, he he knows the what to do at the time at the right time the the spirit of God is leading him to to share this information with her and she has a revelation that she's just met the messiah which really you know it, it it sets her heart alight and on fire and she's all excited about it and she goes and tells everybody about it and for all intents and purposes she's much like a baby christian who's just met jesus for the first time and that of course is exactly what's happened here she's met jesus and he says I am the Christ, like I've just said. But you see, it's important because he doesn't say that to everybody, but he chooses to say it at this time. So he's listening to the Holy Spirit and discerning um, that this is the right time, the right thing to do um, right now for this woman. And so Jesus clearly is flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. And when I think about our... our, um, Using our gifts and using the gifts of the Spirit in our ministry, we've, you know, I wouldn't say that we've I've particularly um, focused on this and and been um, diligent with this. Um, it's something that I seek to be more diligent with. You know, the Bible says, "Earnestly seek the greater gifts and and the gifts of the Holy Spirit." And um, Paul encourages us. He says, "I pray, I I pray more, in, I pray in tongues more than all of you." Um, so. Paul is clearly keen the Bible's keen for us to to, to um, flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but it's something that I perhaps could have done more of over the last fifteen years, but what I do know is that um, I knew that I had a gift for for running kids' clubs and reaching out to children and to reaching out to young people, both Tracy and I um, had an anointing upon us as we did this work, and um, we we would go out and we would talk to children, we talk to young people, and they would be drawn to us. They would they would laugh at, with us or at us, I'm not sure which one. <laughs> they would they would you know want to talk to us, and and we would find it very easy to connect to young people and children, and not everybody can do that. I, I thought that I remember thinking back in the day that this was just a normal thing. It wasn't anything special. But I, I, honestly thought people, lots of people, could do it. But that's not the case. Not everybody connect, can connect with young people and children. Um, you know, it's, it's a gift. It's something God had anointed us to do. We were, we were like the Pied Pipers of Carnarvon. We had children following us everywhere. You know, it's a gift and anointing. And I want to just say that um, if you, whatever you're gifted in, then allow the Lord to use you in that arena. Allow the Lord to. Uh, to use your gift that's not showing off and saying hey look at me how great am i that's just that's just having confidence in who Christ, who you are in christ who god has made you to be and the gifts that he's given you so as we minister the gospel it's important that we find out what is our gifting and, and what can we be used for to reach people um with with the gospel what can we use be used by god through um and you know to flow in that and to pursue that so Jesus, clearly he was gifted in every area, so it didn't particularly apply to him, I'm not sure, I don't think. But uh, for us, we're not quite that gifted and talented, so we uh, we need to hone in, I think, on a particular gifting and, and follow that and pursue that. So <clears throat> then we move on to another section of the story, and uh, we see that now here the woman begins to perceive things, and she says... I, you know, I perceive you're a wise man. I perceive you're a prophet, you know. And then eventually Jesus says, you know, like I said, he, he he tells her that he's the Christ. And so she perceives, she perceives something of Jesus. She perceives in him something that he has, that she wants. And also something that he is, that she would, a person that she would like to get to know. Yeah. And so people perceive Things in us, and so I want to ask this question to us as people that, as we look to be ministers of the gospel, what do what do people perceive in you? What do they see in you? You know, do they see uh, somebody who's full of joy? Do they see somebody who's the light of the world? Or do they see somebody who's a bit grumpy and uh, has a few issues and they 're not really entirely sure whether you are actually a Christian or not you know if you were to if being a Christian was illegal and you got arrested do you think there'll be enough evidence to convict you you know what what is there to in your life to say that you are a Christian what is there that stands out about you that people can perceive and see and be drawn towards this is a A challenge that God lays out to us isn't it you are the light of the world a city on a hill cannot be hidden you know he calls us to be salt and light he calls us to be um, witnesses in, in this generation to stand out he says do not be conformed to the ways of this world but be transformed through the renewing of your mind so you know we we know that we've heard this message preached a million times you know that we need to stand out and we need to be different but but that's quite that can be quite a challenge, can't it? in a Western world where um where there are lots of people just wanting to be good and nice and kind and friendly and um, you know being nice won't make you stand out in in our society, will it? <laughs> you know being kind won't necessarily make you stand out we've got we've really gotta actually allow God to. Um, working us and through us and we've got to follow his word and that those are the things that will cause us to stand out as we stand up and out for different things and um, we we become people that are completely contrary and contradict the ways of the world we go against the flow we are people not of the world but of his kingdom amen and his kingdom is not of this world it is of a heavenly order it's it, they do things differently in the kingdom of heaven amen and so when we live like that then people will be drawn towards us and they will come towards us they will want to know what we have as streams of living water come from within us as Jesus says in this passage um, and so and so we need to be people that um, people perceiving us Different things, things that they want, and I think one of the main things for me, if I was to look, to look back at our lives again over the last fifteen years, that that people will have perceived in us and have talked about as we have um, stepped out of this time, people have talked about the the fact that we've been faithful and the fact that we've always been there for them, that we've always we've always um, been in their lives and never sort of wavered. And and I think that's a massive, a massive deal. You know, for Tracy and I, we we have done Good News Club every single week of the school years of the school term. There's barely been any club we've missed in in 15 years. And that's no that's no insignificant thing. And that's not 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 something that's been done by chance. It's something that we've intended to do. It's something we've sacrificed to do. It's something that um, we've 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 just set ourselves out to do and we've we've we wanted to be that consistent witness we wanted to be those people that showed up in all weathers those people that showed up in all circumstances you know we've been at going part of what we do is to give out papers and so the kids would bring bring the papers to the club and so you know we would do that in all weathers whether it was hail or rain or wind or whatever it was the dark the the cold. We would go out in those weathers, and we would um, we would give out these papers, and um, often we would get comments like, "You're mad. Why are you coming out in this? What are you doing?" Um, but that was, you know, for us, we enjoyed it. We didn't, you know, it wasn't a chore. It was something we absolutely loved. Um, <clears throat> but but by doing that, we were consistent, and by doing by being consistent, and I, I think this is important. We built up a relationship and a connection with people that said to them we are here for you whatever the situation whatever the circumstance we won't let you down we'll always be here for you and in doing that we we communicate something of god to these people didn't we because god says i'll never leave you nor will i forsake you Joshua 1 verse 5 and so we were those we were being the lord to these people and you know you could go a lot worse do a lot worse than just being faithful just being integral, just being honest, truthful, just being um, kind, I know I talked about you know um, it takes more than just being kind to shine in this world, and there is some there is, that is true, but also you know people these days they 're not integral yeah they 're not full of um, of honesty there 's not much honesty in the world, yeah, so th- these are traits and character traits that the lord. That represent the law to these to to a dying and lost world, but but um but are actually well within our our means to do to simply be consistent, simply turn up when you say you're going to turn up, do the things that you say you're going to do, amen. And I believe if you do that, you'll build deep and meaningful and. Um, Uh, strong relationships with people that will enable you to be there for them when they are lost and when they are hurting and we have experienced that's been our experience that we have uh, people have turned to us in times of need people have known that they can trust and rely on Dave and Tracy because they're always there and the funny thing is of course that as we now move out and away that some people are uh, just wondering what that means you know how what that means for them and it's shaken a few people, uh, t- taking them by surprise a little bit. But we know that God's called us on to new things. So we're not concerned about that because God is filling the gaps. Amen. Okay. And then we move into a different part of this story because the woman has heard Jesus and she's all excited about what he's done and what he said. And so she runs down to a village to tell everybody about that. And the disciples come back and they're like... They're like, what's going on here? Lord, you know, you're speaking to a woman. Whoa, oh, you can't speak. to, And she's a Samaritan woman. Oh, oh, my life. You know, they're shocked. They're, they're, they're like, oh, they can't believe it. And they're like, what's going on? What's going on? You can't do that. And Jesus is like, all right, calm down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> Sorry, just getting a bit into a, my Cockney accent there. Anyway, EastEnders type accent. Anyway, so they, they didn't talk like that. Uh, so they're all shocked. They're all, you know, saying what's going on because, you know, he, he re- in their culture and their traditions, he shouldn't have been talking to a woman, let alone a Samaritan woman. Um, so, you know, it's he's going against the culture. He's going against the trends, and they're they're a bit concerned about this. And so, you know, and I just want to say out of that, that's a, that's a, to me th- these, you know, at this point the disciples take on the role of the religious older brothers, um, the the ones that will um, tell you what to do, what you should and shouldn't do once you get into the church. And, um, and I just want to say that as a minister of the gospel, we're called to the poor, we're called to the marginalised, we're called to those that... That society shuns and pushes into one corner. We're called cool to those that are that are downtrodden and, and beaten upon. And if you, if you haven't got somebody in your life that people go, whoa, you shouldn't be spending time with them. Who are they? They're they're dodgy. If you haven't got. If so, if people don't say that to you about somebody doesn't say that to you about the people you spend time with or are in your life or you reach out to then I would say you're you're living in in your comfort zone and you're not stepping out because we it's too easy isn't it it's too easy to to surround ourselves with people who are just like-minded and just like us. Um, you know, And that doesn't really give us any opportunity to minister the gospel because really people like that don't really listen to us quite often. They're, they're in their own little bubble and they need somebody else to minister to them. So I want to say uh, um, let's get out and let's be people who reach out to uh, the marginalised and the poor you know, Jesus said, "said I've come um, to to heal the sick. I've come to bind up the brokenhearted. I've come to preach the good news to the poor. You know, and so and set the captives free. So you know, he's we got to be those people that reach out to the poor. And um, we Tracy and I um, have really enjoyed spending time with people who are completely different to us, who use completely different language to us, who have different, completely different sets of values to us." And you know what? We often, in fact, we would call many of those people our friends. Many of those people we would uh, much prefer to spend time with some of them than than other people that we can think of. We, because because they're, you know what? People like that are real. <laughs> All right, and uh, people like that they don't mince their words. They don't dress it all up. They just say it as it is. And, you know, sometimes it's just completely off the track and it's wrong and it's, you know, but that's not that's not the issue. The issue is like um, these people need to hear these the good news of Jesus. These people need to experience the love of God. And who's going to go and tell them? Who will share it with them? Well, it, God's asking you to do that. He's asking us to do that. He's asking us to be the ministers of the gospel to these p- people. All right, so... Firstly, he, he he's doing he's doing something that's um, completely against the norm. Secondly, they say to him, "Lord, we got some food," and they try to urge him to eat food. So the disciples are now trying to get Jesus to eat. And you know, usually I don't think this would have been an issue, but Jesus he wants, he, he wants to make a point now because I think they rattled him. So he wants to make a point. He's like, "I don't need food. Um, yeah, I don't need it. I don't want it." And then he they're like he's he's like, "I, I have food that you know nothing of." Um, and they're like, what? What do you mean? You've got food to do nothing that we know nothing of? What? And they start saying, is somebody fed him? Has somebody has somebody given him something? And you see, and then he says, my food is to do the will of, the, of Him who sent me. And you see, what what happens in our lives? Again, just thinking of the disciples as the older religious brothers or the people that in this in this um, portion of the of the passage they take on the the role of the people that worry about us and and are concerned about us and want to make sure we're okay you know like people are always thinking about their stomachs yeah <laughs> Like, they're always concerned, like, what am I going to eat? When am I going to have my next meal? What are we going to have for tea tonight? You know, that's, that's what the world does. We, we're we driven massively by our stomachs and by food. And, I mean, I hold my hands up to that. I'm like that. I can be like that very easily. But it's, it's something that, actually, we need to try and keep our... Our eyes on and keep a check of because actually, like that's not the way of God. God is not driven by his stomach. The Lord isn't driven by his needs. He's driven by, he's driven by the love of God inside of him and all sorts of other things which I don't want to get ahead of myself and share right now. But what I want to say to you is that there will be those that will say to you, "Well, what about your career? What about your your um, family life? What about your marriage? What about your money? What about your house?" Well, how are you going to have all these things if all you're doing is reaching out to the lost and, and all you're doing is, um, you know, trying to, trying to do projects out here in the community and you're, you're sacrificing this and doing that and, doing, and giving up all these things. What are you going to do? Who's going to look after you? Who's going to look after your needs? What about your stomach? What about the food? You've got to eat. You've got to look after yourself. You've got to look after yourself. And uh, we, we've had that. Who's had that? I've had that. We, we've heard that many times. In fact, that's been a theme throughout our ministry is, is whether it be our, you know, it could be anybody. Um, there's been lots of different people and I won't sort of categorize people. But, you know, lots of different people make, trying to make sure that we're OK, trying to make sure that we, look, we put ourselves first. But the Bible doesn't say that, does it? the word of god and the the examples that jesus sets and the the the, uh, the words he speaks doesn't say Seek first your needs, seek first your kingdom, seek first your stomach, yourself, and all these other things shall be added unto you. doesn't say that, does it? It says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. His kingdom, his ways, his calling upon your life. It doesn't say, go and seek your career. It doesn't go and say, go and seek your house, go and seek your family, go and seek everything you need. It says, seek. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. It says, lay down your life, surrender, be the grain of wheat that falls to the ground and dies because when it dies, it bears much fruit. You see, those are the people that see the kingdom of God come and bearing and living in their lives. Those are the people that are the true ministers of the gospel. Those are the people that that will lay aside everything so that so that they can reach the lost and the dying with the good news of Jesus. And when you do that, when you, when you position your life in such a way, you will always have people come to you and say, what about this? What about you? What about your stomach? What about your needs? And that's what we've had. Tracy and I experienced that firsthand. And I'm sure many of you have as well. As you listen to this, you will have had these conversations, I'm sure. But for us... You know, we we were asked to do Good news club, and I remember we were on our honeymoon thinking about it. You know, <laughs> we hadn't even got we have not even finished getting married, <laughs> and we were like, right, okay, what what is it we're gonna do? No, no, and uh, our pastor had had already asked us um, before um, <laughs> before getting married to think about it. <laughs> so it was fine, it was good. We loved we we loved our pastor and. Um, we were privileged to be asked. So we were on our honeymoon, and we were asking, we were thinking and praying about it. And uh, we, uh, and I remember thinking to myself, right, if we're going to do this, then, you know, we're going to have to do it properly, and we're going to have to say, right, this is the main thing in our lives, because, because we, I, we don't want this to, to we don't just want to give it our side thoughts, we don't just want to give it. You know, a a bit of us. We want to give it all of us. And these were just, you know, we knew these verses: seek first His kingdom. But really, this was just the Holy Spirit speaking to us, and 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 uh, you know, drawing out the the calling of God upon our lives. And so we made a decision. We said, you know what? We won't pursue our careers above um, our ministry. We won't pursue. Um, our lives and all these above what we believe God's asking us to do and so we 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 chose to position ourselves and um, put ourselves in, in in the position where we weren't we're not seeking our own our own needs and our own desires first but we're seeking um, we're seeking his kingdom and his and his uh, righteousness and his kingdom coming in this in in Carnarvon and in the surrounding area and and that's what we did, and we put it first, and it, and it, and you know what, it, it worked. It, the whole thing just started to take off and grow and expand, and we soon found ourselves with a job. You know, it wasn't a job to start off with, but then it became a paid job, and then it became a bigger job, and then you know, it became it became the biggest kids club in Carnarvon, and 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 we have several other clubs that have come off the back of that. And, And by doing, putting that first, by building his kingdom, God said, "You take care of my business, and I'll take care of yours." And He took care of our business, and He took care of our needs. We we've never gone particularly without. I want to say this though: we have had, we have experience sacrifice and you will experience sacrifice if you make this decision to put first his kingdom seek and reach the lost and and all of that you we there's you have to learn to sacrifice you don't you know you have to learn to lay your life down you have to learn to give those things up though that, that other people may have or may pursue and may get um but you know what it says in, in Mark, it says in Mark 10, it says that everyone who has left families and brothers and sisters and houses and um, wives for my sake and the gospel will receive a hundredfold in this life plus persecutions and in the life to come. You know, God says he'll return all these things to you. He says, I will, I will give you more, all these things plus a hundredfold back. And I will just say that um, I believe that's true. I believe I don't think we've experienced that, but yet. But I believe we've we have seen um, the blessings of God in our lives, and we've certainly seen the fruit of God in our lives. We've seen fruit from all the all the the the. Sacrificing the and putting the kingdom first in our lives, we've seen it. The the, the the kids club that has been built, the ministry that's been built, the children, the lives, the ripple effect from from what we've done, making that decision to put His kingdom first. We have seen that the blessing of God in our lives, no doubt about it. But I will say this: that we. We didn't do everything right and one of the things we didn't do right was we didn't understand that actually his, by seeking his kingdom first we're to seek his ways the bible says that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts for his ways are higher than um, as high as the the heavens are above the earth his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and so what i'm trying to say is that he has ways and his kingdom has ways of doing things and it's not the world's ways of doing things and when we what what we have done is we've we've tried to seek his kingdom come his will be done in this place but we haven't necessarily sought doing things his way and i don't mean being holy although that is part of it i mean you know, if you want to live this, if you want to see the abundant life and you want to live in the blessing of God, then you've got to live by the ways of his kingdom and his word. You've got to know them. You know, it says, you shall know the truth and it shall set you free. And I think that um, in this country and um, in, um, in much of the Western church, we're ignorant of the ways of God. We're not we don't understand it. We don't understand that uh, there, is, there, are, there are ways of doing things in which, by which we are blessed, by which we are made a, a prosperous and, a, and abundance flows into our lives. And for many years we've lived in a, in a position where we haven't been, I wouldn't say living in the abundance and the overflow of God's blessing. But nevertheless, nevertheless, we... We, uh, we are on a journey and things um, change and they move and they progress and um, we have seen the blessing of God, we've experienced His goodness and we 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 do not uh, complain or or at all sort of um look back with regret upon anything that we've done we believe that we did our best with what we had at the time and god used it and he he called he took our five loaves and two fish and he multiplied them and caused them to be a blessing to many people amen and so jesus finally this section finishes with jesus saying um, <clears> this <throat> is this famous sort of, these famous sort of words that, that have been quoted uh, a million times to different people. As the disciples are talking about their stomachs and wondering about where he's got the food, he turns to them and he says, you say four more months and then, and then the harvest. But I say, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white unto harvest. And just at that point, as he says this to them, um, he says, lift up your eyes and, he, and they lift up their eyes from them, their, their, themselves and they look down the hill and down the hill in the valley is a, is a throng, a multitude of people that are heading and making their way up towards the disciples and Jesus. And they, Jesus points to, to these people, he says, you say, four more months, but I tell you, look, look, look at the fields. They are white unto harvest. And the disciples look, and there's a multitude of people making their way up, as as, as I just said. And I, I believe God has given given me a vision of this whole scenario. I believe that that's exactly what happened. I believe that they, that they came, they heard the good news, they were saved, and there was a multitude of people. And that was what Jesus was referring to when he said, look, the fields are white unto harvest. But you see... For Jesus, there's much more than just this moment in this in this passage. There's much more than just what's happening here. There is a a mantra for his life. There is a, a description of of what he has seen and what he believes. Because you see, Jesus in this moment says. "'Look unto the fields, they are white unto harvest,' and, and he sees the harvest, okay? He sees the multitudes coming towards him, but not only that, he sees the, the, the harvest that will inevitably come as he lays down his life upon the cross. You see, Jesus has a vision, and he is driven by a vision." Everybody say that with me again. He's driven by a vision. And if we're going to be ministers of of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ, we need to have a vision and we need to have a vision of the lost. You see, that's the thing that caused him to go and work without food that was the thing that compelled him and enabled him to go to the cross it was the thing that compelled him and took him all the way to to the end where he gave up his entire life and was sacrificed upon the cross and died a horrific death it was the thing that drove him and took him to his to his death and guys I can't emphasize this enough. I can't, I don't have the words to explain that. If we would get a vision of the lost, if we would get a, a heart to so see see people the way that God sees them, and we would allow the love of God to f- for the lost to fill our hearts, then it would compel us and drive us to our cross. It would take us to a place where we were we're willing to die and lay down our lives for the for the lost, for the cause of, of Christ, for the gospel that, for which he has that we, He has entrusted towards us. We will we will do all these things if we catch a vision for the lost that God has, the heart of God for his people, that God so loved the world that he would give his one and only Son, that whomever shall believe in him shall not perish, but would have eternal life. God would God would give up his only son. That's how much he loves the world, and that's how much he loves us. And the Bible says in in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, it says for the love of Christ compels us and and the love of God will compel you and cause you and drive you to run faster to go further to sacrifice more to to be to be those people and those ministers of the gospel that that just lay down their lives, and and ultimately they go, they take themselves to their own cross, where they where they are sacrificing their their lives, our lives, for the people that need to know the good news of Jesus Christ. And I know it sounds dramatic, and I know it sounds. Um, almost cliched, but it, I believe it's the truth. I believe that, that unless we learn to lay down our lives and learn to um, not put ourselves first, but put his cause and his kingdom first in our lives, unless we do that, we will never really truly fulfill the potential that is within us to reach the lost and to be those ministers of the gospel that he's called us to be. Because I believe it's only as we die that the full potential is released and I tell you unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies it shall not it cannot bear any fruit we must be those we must learn to to just have a vision guys get a vision of the lost get a vision of the love of god for the people that out there the lost and dying world this is not a this is not a game we only get to live once you only get one chance at this and i want to encourage you to to give everything you have for the sake of the gospel not because not because somebody's telling you to do it but because the love of God compels you because you've got a vision that's causing you to to run further to to go harder to to do everything that it takes to see people one for Jesus amen amen you know this has been our experience That as we've laid down our lives, we've seen people blessed. And we haven't done it perfectly. And we haven't... We haven't even probably scratched the surface of the potential that lies within us, and I'm sure that you would probably anybody listening to this now would would say the same. There's more to come. There's greater th- things to do, um, and I want to, and you, and I'm sure you would have the heart of saying, I want to be used by God to reach the lost and to and to, for His power to flow through me. If that if that's you, I want to pray for you today because I believe that God has given me a message here that can truly transform us if we allow it to take root in our lives. I believe that if we allow the love of God to grab hold of us and arrest us and to compel us to, 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 to do more and to go further, that we will see great things happen in our lives and in our communities where people will see the glory of God. Because, man, a life laid down for him is just a great testimony and it's, it's something that bears much fruit. So let's just pray. I want to pray for us all right now. Lord Jesus, I I thank you for your example. I thank you that you didn't hold back or shrink back. But you said, Not my will, but your will be done. You you took yourself to that cross. You said, No one no one gives no one um takes my life from me, but I give it to I give of it freely. I give my life up. You gave your life up, and I want to ask and pray for every single one of us right now. Lord, you won't take our lives from us, you won't demand our lives from us, but you ask us, will you give your life up? And I pray for for every single one of us that we would make that choice, we choose to give up our own flesh, our own desires, that, Lord, you would work through us and cause there to be a great harvest in our lives. Lord, we pray for the harvest and we pray for those that are in our communities and in our lives, that they would, they would see the gospel in us and they would experience the love of God through us, that they would be drawn towards us and we would share your love with these people, that they would know your goodness and they would come to a knowledge of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay guys, I hope that's been a blessing to you. I want to just say a couple of things in closing as we as um, this may be uh, one of the last messages I record. in fact it will be the last message I record um, under the banner of Gennewical Ministries, as we said, the ministry is closing and um, so I want, want to continue to share the Word of God with people and um, I'm going to set up my own ministry uh, sorry my own, my own podcast. Um, under under a different name. We're not sure what the name will be, but we'll share it with you all uh, once we've uh, once we've set that up. Um, and I, I don't think I'll be... I've, in the past, we sent out CDs. I don't think that will continue, but we will be sending out newsletters and we will be sending out um, these messages online if people want to still listen to any messages that I have to share. Um, uh, so... We just wanted to say thank you for listening, thank you for partnering, thank you for being a part of our lives. Uh, we, couldn't do, we couldn't have done it without you. Um, we know God uses people to partner with others so that the, the gospel can get out there. Um, and that's been our experience, we've managed to do that. But now, we, like I say, we're moving on to a new part of our lives and we're really excited. We're really believing, God, that it's, gonna be, it's just going to be awesome um, we know that. <laughs> uh, so we'd love to stay in touch. Please stay in touch with us. We, um, you can you can find us on Facebook or um, you can email us at David and Tracy Hull, sorry, David at Tracy Hull at hotmail.com. Um, and we'd love to stay in touch with you. All right, guys, take care. God bless. We'll speak to you soon.